In Psalm 29, we have David appealing to us to give God the glory due to him. It's a meditation on God's power expressed through his word, reminding us of the creation account and the creative force, which is God's voice. The psalm begins with an imperative, give God glory. And this is addressed to what the ESV translates as the heavenly beings, or more literally, the sons of God. Now, we have two possible ways of interpreting this. David could be addressing the people who worship these false gods, just as Israel was the firstborn of God. Other religions could call themselves children of their God. Or David is calling on the false gods themselves to move over and recognize the true heavenly authority who is the God of Israel. And the way that David describes the God of Israel is with terms that pagans would use to describe their gods. That is, David is saying, you think your God is powerful, you think he's mighty. You think your God rules over the storms and has conquered the sea. But it is actually my God who does all of these things. He begins describing our God through the power of his voice. In verse 3, the voice of the Lord is thundering over the waters, which brings to mind the spirit of God that hovered over the face of the deep in Genesis 1. When God thundered or spoke, there he created the heavens and the earth. And we should be bowing down to the God of Israel because he is the true and only creator of the universe. This is also an attack on the god Bel, the storm deity worshipped in many surrounding cultures of Israel. David says that when you hear a storm approaching, that's not Bel that you hear, that's the voice of God. But the voice of God is not just creative, it's powerful. And when David describes its power, it sounds like a bomb going off. It is powerful and full of majesty, breaking the cedars apart and making the mountain of Syrian skip like a wild ox. It flashes forth in flames and shakes the wilderness with the power of an earthquake. It's so sudden and powerful, the deer gives birth in fright and the bark is stripped off the trees. The psalm concludes with David asking for strength. And we get that strength and that power when we're filled with God's word. We look at the power of the written word and see how much history has moved because of God's voice. If we make that word a part of ourselves, we'll be filled with a similar strength. This psalm is important for us to keep in mind as we see the different forces shaping the world today. We ascribe glory and power to the billionaires, the governments, the forces of nature, and random happenstance. We believe that the course of mankind is guided and shaped by all these various world powers, just as the ancients believed it was shaped by their various idols. But David reminds us that when we hear the roar of thunder, when we think the institutions of man have dominion and are shaping our destiny, it's actually God behind it all guiding us with his powerful voice throughout all time. Moving on to Psalm 30, we have a psalm that encourages us to keep praying to God during and after disaster. We shouldn't just be praying only when we need something. We should always be thanking him for what God has already provided for us. Psalm 30 is David's reflection after some unnamed disaster. The specifics aren't important, only that when David cried out, God answered him. He was at the point of death, down in the pits of despair, but God lifted him up out of his troubles. So after holding his own experience up as an example, David tells us to praise God. He might be angry at us at times, but only for a moment, before he restores us in grace. We may weep through the night, but joy is going to come to us in the morning. And that's pretty hard to believe in the heat of the moment. So we need to always be framing our troubles with the bigger picture of God. Yeah, right now it's hard, but we can look to the future with hope, just as all those heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 have done. In verses 6 through 7, David reflects on the day that disaster struck. He assumed that he was immovable, made secure by God, but all of that changed in an instant, when God, for unknown reasons to us, 
hid his face from David. Instead of trusting in his own self-confidence, David can only cry out to God, asking what good is it for David to die? Instead, David pleads for restoration so he can tell others of God's faithfulness. And sure enough, at the conclusion of the psalm, we read, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. It's easy to call to God when things are going bad. We also need to call on him, though, when things are good. When life was going well for David, when he thought that he was immovable, he saw no reason to pray to God because he had it all figured out himself. If that's our attitude, we might be inadvertently asking God to humble us as he did with David. David.